Well, this morning, you guys are in for a real treat. Um, Aaron Amos Mackey, I think it took me, I don't know, a year and a half or two to learn how to pronounce your last name. Yeah, I still can't quite spell it right, but I, but I did get that right. Uh, Aaron um, came to us here at Hope, I believe, at the same time Heidi and I started out uh, temporarily, we thought, um, in August of 2017. And uh, I told her, um, I was going to say, yeah, she was a real mess, but no. Um, <laughs> we love Aaron. Uh, Aaron, holy smokes, I can't think of anybody in all my years of ministry and pastoring and just following Jesus, I can't think of anybody who I've watched just like catch fire um, with following Jesus and just grow and grow and grow. Um, she is now on our staff here. She's working part-time in the youth ministry area along with Will and Christy. And uh, she is going to seminary at Grand Canyon University. So you might beat Jim and I to our, our uh, master's degrees. We'll see how that goes. But she's going to be speaking this morning. So please um, laugh at her jokes and do the things you don't do for me. Okay, laugh at her jokes and cheer her on. Say amen. Can we practice some amens? Amen. Amens. Okay, Aaron, come on up. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, so happy to be here this morning. I love my Hope family. It's, uh, it's such a privilege to be able to get up before you and uh, tell a little about how God has moved in my life. And um, we just had the joy of celebrating Christmas yesterday when love came down in human form. And now we're looking forward to a new year. But the past couple of years, they haven't really been anything to write home about. So perhaps there's apprehension and maybe some anxiety with what the new year may bring. And although there is constant change and uncertainty in this world, one thing has remained constantly unchanging and certain. Taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for laughing. <laughs> Just kidding. <clears throat> it's actually not a thing of all, at all. It's God. Surprise. So, as we do every week, we're going to look once more at the God we worship. More specifically, we will be looking at his love. Uh, but be first, first, before we do, let's pray. Ah, oh, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your love. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move in this room, that you would open our hearts and our minds to what you have to say to us today as we look at this amazing love that you have freely given us and as we see how it can change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so what is love? If you search love online, you'll find the definition as an intense feeling of deep affection. You'll also find a lot of pictures of hearts, a lot of them, and some people kissing. And so my whole life, it seems like I've searched and longed to find a love that fits the world's definition. The kind of love you find in movies, a love that changes you, that brings out the you that you didn't even know was there, Take, for instance, the movie, She's All That. 
For those that don't know about it, it's a romantic comedy that was made in 1999. I realized that was the year I was in eighth grade. Um, In the movie, the character, played by Freddie Prinze Jr., he's popular, and he takes the unpolished character, played by Rachel Lee Cook, and makes her the next prom queen. She is transformed from ugly to beautiful. And these kinds of movies, they've always spoke to my heart. You see, growing up, I didn't like myself very much. I saw myself as ugly and a screw-up who did all the wrong things. Oftentimes, I thought that it would be better if I wasn't alive at all. I felt that I was someone that a mother could barely love. Um, I felt like I needed someone else's love to fix me. So I looked for that someone, but in all the wrong places. Unbeknownst to me, I was looking for God, but settling for man. And these men who themselves were broken. And one of these men that I found, uh, he used my poor self-esteem against me. Uh, He would berate me with many things, but what I remember is that he would constantly tell me that I can't love anyone until I've loved myself. And for someone who thought that they hated themselves, that was not helpful. All I could think was, how do I go about loving myself so that I can love others? I was dealt a lot of shame with no suggestion of how to change. And as I tended to do, I took this criticism and I replayed it over and over in my head. I chewed on it in the most harmful way and ultimately it became my truth. And um, that wasn't just with what he said, that was with really any criticism I, I received as a child. I would berate myself with it and I would be like, oh, you're such a screw up over and over, and um, that was basically my mind process. Well, life went on, and thankfully, I got out of that harmful situation, but my destructive thought patterns continued. That is until I met this one man. He changed my life, and I have never looked back. So now that we've seen the world's definition of love, let's look at the Bible's. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 tells us, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. (sighs) Wow. Now that's God's love. I've been chasing after the wrong definition of love almost my entire life. But thankfully, this love never stopped pursuing me. God's love rescued me from myself. Jesus is the man that changed my life forever. I was 31 years old when I experienced his life-altering love for the first time, and I couldn't and I wouldn't want to imagine my life without him ever again. And it's not that I hadn't known him. I actually grew up in the church. I knew all the stories. I could give you all the right answers to every question, but my filters were clogged. 
I'd met shame at a young age, before I met God, and shame was the lens through which I viewed my life. Shame tells me that I'm all alone and that no, under, no one understands what I'm feeling. It tells me that I'm dirty and I'll never be clean. Shame tells me that I'm unlovable as I am and that I have to be someone completely different for anyone to love me. And it wasn't until I experienced Jesus' perfect love that I was able to get a clear view of who Jesus actually is. And that's when everything changed for me. After experiencing Jesus, God took me on a path that just blew my mind, like Doug said. Oh, I wanted to know everything about him, but to see it through this new lens of love that God had given me. Life was so much better. I started to like myself, um, but not only like myself, I actually was happy I was alive. I started to love life again. I was so glad I was breathing, and I started treating myself with kindness, and it was so cool. It was the greatest. And it all started at the end of August 2017. I just moved to Arizona from California, which was a miracle in and of itself that I was able to leave California at all. <clears throat> so I decided to thank God the only way that I knew how, by going to church. <laughs> I arrived in Chandler on the last Friday of the month, and I walked through Hope's doors that very next Sunday. I couldn't even sing the worship songs um, because I felt like crying bawling like a baby. Um, God moved in my heart that day, and it changed the direction of my life forever. Um, I was on fire. I started reading devotionals that my mom had faithfully for forwarded me for years. And uh, then I started changing the radio station in my car to Family Life Radio, and it encouraged me to read my Bible. And so I started reading my Bible again, and the next thing I knew, I was signing up for every group that Hope had to offer. <laughs> I did everything. If Hope was doing it, I was like, I'm there. Um, I stopped drinking January 1st of 2018. At one point, I stopped swearing, which was another miracle because every other word I said was the F-bomb. Uh, my mind had been transformed. Before Jesus, um, I wouldn't say kind words to myself. And then once I met him, I started replacing those negative words with his words, his truth. Um, I didn't even like going to church before Jesus. And now I'm here every Sunday. Um, and let alone, I'm working with the youth group and I'm going to seminary. Like, I never saw this for my life at all. Um, I've said yes to God since that day. Um, and here I am. I'm speaking in front of you guys, telling how Jesus transformed my life, which is something I never thought was possible. Something I've never even dreamed of. I used to dream of, like, being a better mother, but um, I never dreamed that I would be telling people about what God has done in my life. Ah, I was baptized by Pastor Doug right here in this very room um, around April of 2018. And I just, I loved learning about our amazing God. I would immerse myself in scripture daily, 
and write it wherever I could see it, I was growing exponentially. It was just an explosion. But as life is, things weren't always sunshine and rainbows all the time. I was, was and am still struggling to love others well, uh, mainly my children, uh, because they're the constant in my life that, <laughs> you know, it's difficult. <laughs> uh. So, and other things, um, I realized at one point in my journey that I was idolizing romantic relationships. Um, I was just so hung up on learning how to love myself that I was more worried about how I felt than the people who were around me. And even now, I'm in the middle of a learning exactly how I can live loved. Um, Actually, not that long ago, I had this moment where those negative thoughts came back up and it scared the heck out of me. And uh, it reminded me of this book that I read, or some of it that I read not that long ago. It's called Lies Women Believe and the Truth That Sets Them Free. It's by Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth. Um, and I was taken aback, I was like taken aback when I read this one um, passage. And she says, how often have we heard someone say, I've never liked myself, or she just doesn't love herself? According to the scripture, the truth is that we do love ourselves immensely. When Jesus tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves, the point is not that we need to learn to love ourselves so that we can love others. Jesus is saying we need to give others the same attention and care we naturally give ourselves. I was all, what are you talking about, Willis? Like, as a self-proclaimed self-haterer, that was just so hard for me to fathom because those were like completely opposite of what I had been telling myself. You see, there was still a lie that I was believing that didn't want me to see the truth that was like smack dab in front of my face. So I took a break from that book. <laughs> But, uh, but thankfully, God was still working in me and wouldn't allow that lie to stay hidden. You see, becoming a Christian doesn't mean that we don't have any more problems or that our past won't come back to haunt us. We are a new cre creation. The old is gone and the new is here, yes. But we live in the already but not yet kingdom of God and we need to be renewed. We have to deal with the old hurts so that they don't get in the way of our beautiful new life. And that's just so important because ignoring a problem doesn't actually make it go away, <laughs> no matter what we tell ourselves. It hides and it comes out at the most inopportune time. Uh, so here we are now. I'm still in this process. I'm still needing to learn how to accept God's love so that I can love God and others well and break free from the lie that tells me that I need to love myself first. You see, Nancy Wolgamuth also said something else very important in her book. What we need most is not to learn to love ourselves more but to recognize and receive 
the incredible love God has for us and the value he places on us as people created in his own image. And I was, as I was reading this and like preparing this message, I was thinking, why do we need to receive God's love in order to love God and others? And it's because we have a part to play. God does, I would say, 99% of the job, but he won't do it all. It's like the saying, he will lead a horse to water, but he won't make the horse drink. Our part is small, but it is so important. We get to choose. Joshua said it in the Old Testament book of Joshua, chapter 24, verse 15. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We have always been able to choose, which means that we get to choose if we receive God's love. He gives it freely, but do you accept it? I mean, maybe you don't understand how. How can God love me with all that I've done? I mean, it seems crazy. I've asked myself that over and over again, but it's true. God wants to shower you with his love right where you are, especially on your worst day. Will you receive it? 1 John 4.19 tells us that we love because he first loved us. Without God's love, we couldn't love because we can't give what we don't have, nor can we love others if we don't know what it feels like to be fully loved. I've known about God since I was a little girl, but it wasn't until I experienced his love that I was actually able to know him. And when we listen to shame, it will tell us that we are not enough and we will never have enough. And then we'll end up living out of a deficiency, trying to rely on our own strength to love others. And that just, that won't be sufficient. It's only when we openly receive the love that God freely gives us will we be able to live loved. When our value only comes from God and not the people that we're called to love, because, will we not need to worry about what other people think of us? When we know how loved we are, love will naturally pour out of us and on to those around us because it doesn't even come from us. It comes from the abundance of God's love. We won't live from a deficiency anymore. We'll live from an overflow. And I know I'm not the only one who struggles with lies that run deep. We are all nursing wounds that only God's love can heal. At times, we don't even realize that we're living out of a lie. So what does it look like to, be, to live loved? There is freedom in living loved. We're free to be imperfect. We're free to screw up. I mean, everyone makes mistakes, right? And we're living loved. Our mistakes won't define us. We'll be able to make a mistake and realize, you know what? that happened, I can move on because God loves me regardless of what I do. 
And I think that something that's really special that um, has helped me so much is that when we're living loved, we will see God loving us at even our worst moments. Going back to that mistake, I mean, I used to replay it and tell myself what a screw-up I was, but now I'll make a mistake, I'll yell at my kids, and I'll just feel so bad about it. But when I look at God, I'll just see him loving me, and I'll know that, okay, I can come back from this. I can apologize, and I won't have to let that ruin my life forever. (sighs) And you know what? You might be wondering right now, how do I get from that dominant voice of shame in my life to listening to the love of God? Well, there's no formula, but as the band comes up, I'll tell you what I did. First, I surrendered to God fully um, without correcting, like fixing myself. I just gave him the brokenness that I was. And then I chose to learn more about him. And I did this by signing up for everything. (laughs) You don't have to do that. But signing up for classes is really, really important for me. And one of these classes that I took, it was called Emmanuel Journaling with Rena Grazier. And uh, Emmanuel means God with us. And Emmanuel Journaling is the process of engaging conversationally with God through the written word. And now, I just love sitting with God on my own and practicing hearing his voice. And his voice is loving, it's kind, and it's patient. It's exactly what 1 Corinthians 14, 4 through 7 tells us that love is. And how we see God seeing us matters immensely in our relationship with God. We have to see that he cares for us deeply before we can even open ourselves up fully to receiving his love. And another thing that helped me was being in community. I, we can't live this life alone. We can't be a Christian on our own. We need those other people speaking into our lives because we can get stuck in our own head. And when we have someone else to be a sounding board, then they can give us God back. And that has just been amazing. I just think of the women that have spoken into my life, and I'm just so thankful that God put them in my life. And uh, another thing that I did in community was I practiced a manual prayer. So God with us prayer. And this is the process of inner healing with another person. You sit with God and someone else, a safe person, um, who's done this before. (laughs) And you practice seeing God loving you. And it's just, it's beautiful. Um... And you know what? And the most important thing, if you haven't asked God to be with you yet, your next step would be saying yes to him today, right now. I mean, that's how my journey started. And though yours won't look the same, I know that anything with God in it will be amazing. So now I'm gonna pray. Dear Father, 
I thank you so much for how you worked in my life. I thank you that you brought us here today to hear how amazing you are and how beautiful your love can make our lives. And Lord, as we take your words out into our life, I pray that we would just open up a little more at a time and that we would see you moving in beautiful ways, in the mundane, in the boring. I love how you just show up wherever we are. And I just thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. you are loved deeply, more deeply than we can even fathom. And maybe this morning you hear Aaron's story and, and you identify um, with being, uh, having a hard time being able to love uh, yourself, to see yourself with the eyes of Jesus and understand why you would even be lovable. Because we struggle to see ourselves with the eyes or through the eyes that Jesus sees us with. He sees us through the eyes of love. And God's love is right there. You don't have to earn it. You cannot earn it. You cannot deserve it. Um, his love is right there, but you do, she's right, you do have to choose to receive it, to open your heart to his love and to surrender and some of us have followed Jesus for a long time. And uh, I even dare say that most of us probably still have to keep coming back to this, even if we followed Jesus for a long time, to stop and to see ourselves through the eyes of love that God sees us with. And I want to pray two things, but I want to pray that first and then the second thing. So, Father, I pray for those of us that even identify right now with this place in us that maybe we have experienced your love in deep ways, but maybe it feels kind of far away or hollow right now. Um, God, thank you that you don't ever change and you've never gone anywhere. It's us that maybe has just tuned out. Would you help us to tune back in to your love for us? Um, would you help us to experience that again and afresh and anew, your deep, deep love? Even in this moment, as we pause, would your presence come? Holy Spirit, come. Move in power. Let your love land as a gift on each person here right now. Holy Spirit, come. You know, also, oftentimes, maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you have never said yes to Jesus, yes to following Jesus. Um, if you have never made that decision, maybe your heart is even feeling drawn to God as you hear Aaron's story, as she so courageously shared where her life had been and the journey God has taken her on. It all started with saying yes to making a decision to begin following Jesus. And maybe that describes where you're at this morning and you want to begin 
to be with Jesus in that way. And again, the bottom line with that is it's, it's a choice that you're going to need to make. Are you going to say yes to following Jesus today? And if you've never made that decision, I know some of you are ready to say, you know what, today is the day. Today is the perfect day for that, and I choose to follow Jesus, and I want his love to start transforming me and healing me and changing my life. And so I want to lead us in a simple prayer that if you have never prayed to follow Jesus before, or if it's been a long time since you've been on that journey, this prayer here um, is a moment that can mark that decision to begin following Jesus, this starting point, the, the yes that you say to Jesus. And if that's what you want... Um, I want you to pray along with me from, from your heart. And it's not about getting all the words right, right? This is just a prayer um, from your heart. In fact, we, we like to pray along. So everybody in the room, let's pray out loud as an encouragement for those that are taking this huge step of making this decision today. Just repeat after me. Jesus, I need you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you that you forgive my sins. Jesus, I choose now to follow you. I ask you to wash me clean. I ask you to give me a new heart. Thank you for this new beginning. Thank you that you will never leave me. And thank you for your love for me. Amen. Amen. Let's just keep our heads bowed for a moment. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, um, uh, in a moment, I'm just going to ask you to kind of wave at me or put your hand up and make eye contact. If you've never prayed that prayer before to start following Jesus, but you want to begin that today. And if you're online, if you um, could even write something in the chat, if that's your decision, we'd love to connect with you there too. But I'm just going to look across the room. Is there anybody this morning that made that decision for the first time to follow Jesus? Is there anybody in here? Okay, awesome. I see your hand. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Friends, I think that it's such a celebration, such a beautiful thing when anybody decides to follow Jesus. So would you just encourage our sister who raised her hand with uh, congratulations? Yeah, yeah. And friends, um, as we get ready to go, um, man, I tell you what, Aaron, you're just a sweet daughter of... <laughs> You truly are a daughter of this Hope Covenant family. We're so proud of you. The call of God is just evident on your life as you speak this morning. Um, and am I right? Was that your first time you've done a sermon in front of adults? Like, wow. So holy cow, that is not easy, folks. And that was excellent. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, people of hope, as you go into your week, may you be filled with the love of God. May it overflow from your heart in new and unexpected ways. And as you experience the reality of his love and how it can transform and change your life, may it seep into those places that seemed hardened like they would never change and begin to soften your heart in ways that bring you new life. And may the life that springs up in you and the love that overflows from you flow out onto every 
everyone that you encounter, go now, be filled with the love and the grace of Jesus in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. We will see you next Sunday.